The Bible reading for tonight comes from John chapter 15, verses 1 to 17. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vineyard keeper. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit he removes, and he prunes every branch that produces fruit, so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me, and I in him, produces much fruit, because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch, and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have spoken these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my command, love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, that someone would lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you slaves anymore because a slave doesn't know what his master is doing. I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you that you should go out and produce fruit, and that your fruit should remain, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give to you. This is what I command you, love one another. Well, good evening, everyone. just want to say... Um, it's great that we have Greg and Sue and Cass and Sally, so he's not here, but back. Um, a little bit excited when I saw them back. Uh, we missed you. It's good to have you guys. Um, I'm really excited to continue our series in Take Heart. Um, I've been really enjoying it. As Pre said, it's been Jesus' little pep talk with his disciples on the night of nights before he heads to the cross, and we're going to keep digging in. And we're in a pretty famous part of this section in John 15. Um, but I desperately need God's helpers as we open this up. So why don't you join me as I pray and we'll, we'll get stuck in. Heavenly Father, I just thank you uh, for your word. And I just pray that if there is anything not of you it would that comes out of my mouth that it would fall to the ground. I just want to be faithful to your word tonight. Um, please, Lord, would you speak to us and I pray that you'd give us soft hearts. Would you show us your son? Would you show us how glorious he is that in him we have complete joy? And I pray all this in his name. Amen. And there was light. There we go. Um... Helen, uh, my wife up there, Helen and I, we're actually coming up to our fourth year wedding anniversary, which is a little bit crazy, coming up at the, the end of September. Um, I remember our wedding pretty vividly. It was on Helen's farm that she grew up in. 
Um, and our friends and our family, they kind of invaded the small country town of Mandurin and they pretty much rented out every single motel, caravan, people's houses. It was crazy. There was just people that we knew that were just walking the streets. And it was great. Um, the night before we got married, uh, they rock up with the tables and we're setting up the reception venue and we count the tables and we realise that they're one short and so Helen and I had to do a last minute seating, redo seating arrangement for the whole reception the night before which was um, a little bit stressful but it was alright. But we made it. Helen walked down the aisle. She said, yes, crazy. Maddie signed us off. You, you really like, you made that happen. Well done. And, um, and we did it. We got married. It was great. Then we went on our, on our honeymoon, which was pretty fun. And we came back and Helen was nice and brown and tanned. And I had a sweet sunburn, <laughs> um, which is great. Um, but as we came back, it would have been really strange if Helen and I got online and we went to domain.com or something like that and we decided to rent out two separate apartments. That would have been really weird. Like if we decided to live apart, if we never spoke, if I never really thought of her, I mean, people would be like, guys, what's going on? You just got married I mean, are you actually married? What's the deal? See, many of you here tonight have put your trust in Jesus. You've put your trust in his death and resurrection. You love him. But the question I want to ask tonight is, do you live with Christ? Do you know him personally? Or do we live separately? Just sort of acknowledging Jesus on Sundays. I think this is the big idea Jesus brings up in this section in John 15. Because as I said, before he heads to the cross, he gathers his disciples together and he says, yes, I'm going away. Yes, I'm going to the Father. But don't be troubled. Yes, you will experience hardship, hate, persecution but here's the thing in the midst of it all don't miss the main thing and the main thing is walking with me knowing me and the illustration Jesus uses is that of a vine if you want to turn to chapter 15 verse 1 and Jesus says this I'm the true vine, and my Father is the vineyard keeper. Now we're going to pause here, and it's important to realise that this image of a vine, it's not random. It's actually an image that is loaded and pregnant with meaning that comes from the Old Testament. See, in the Old Testament, often when God refers to a vine, he's talking about Israel, his people, his chosen people. They were described as this vine. But they weren't a great vine. In fact, they're described as a vine that pretty much failed. 
Let me just read from Jeremiah 2 verse 21. It says this, I had planted you like a choice vine of sound and reliable stock. How then did you turn against me into a corrupt and wild vine? And then Isaiah 5 verse 2, you yielded only bad fruit. Verse 4, when I looked for good grapes, why did it yield only bad? So in the Old Testament, Israel, God's people, they're described as this vine and that on the night of nights before Jesus goes to the cross, he gets his disciples and he goes, guys, I'm the true vine. I'm the real deal. I'm the vine that's not going to fail. In me, I'm going to produce fruit. Real fruit. Fruit that lasts. And then he goes on in verse 3. Why don't you jump down with me? And he says this. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Jesus is saying, I save, I forgive, I cleanse by my word, by trusting in me, you are given eternal life. And he goes on in in verse 4 and he says this, Remain in me and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. The first thing I want to touch on tonight is this word remain. It's just repeated over and over again in this section. It's sometimes been translated as abide and Jesus is saying, remain in me and I in him. Now, I don't think this is a conditional statement, but a promise. He's saying, remain in me and I will remain in you. Jesus is saying, if you're my follower, I want you to live with me. I want you to make your home with me. Jesus is talking about real relationship, this mysterious thing where we become one with him, just as a vine and a branch are one. Jesus doesn't want something superficial, but he's looking for real relationship. He says, abide, abide in me. But what does this look like, abiding in Christ? Well, I want to touch on a few things as we, as we go down in chapter 15. First up in, in verse 7, he says this, If you remain in me and my words remain in you. See, remaining in Jesus, it's linked to his words remaining in us. See, at the start I said when Helen and I, when we got back from our honeymoon, it would have been really strange if we went to live in separate apartments. But thankfully we didn't. We, we came together, we rented a place out, and we did life together. We spoke, we were together. And that's what Jesus is talking about. He's saying, 
If you abide in me, you are one who listens to me in my word, in scripture. And I want to ask you tonight, how do you view scripture? How do you view the Bible? Do you look at it with disdain or maybe even guilt or remorse? Is it just a bit of a dusty old book? Is it just something that people preach from that doesn't really mean much? See, the call here is that God's word would abide in us. See, just as Shanos will get up and he'll get his pork, he'll get it ready, and then he'll put his pork in all this flavour and spices, and then he'll let it sit. And then as the pork sits, the flavours and the spices, they they kind of soak in and they change the pork into just something amazing. It's great. And so too should we be soaked in the words of Jesus in Scripture. See, God's Word is a gift for in God's Word we meet Christ. What does it mean to remain? Well, it means to hear from God. But also it means to speak to him. Let me read at the end of verse 7. He says this. Ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. See, Jesus says, as you listen to me, I then want you to speak to me. I want you to join in a conversation, so to speak. With prayer, we have God's attention. And he's almost daring his disciples to pray, I think, here. He's saying, I dare you to pray. Because prayer is powerful. God answers prayers that will bring him glory. So I dare you. Pray. Spend time with me. And then Jesus sums up this whole remaining thing by linking it to remaining in his love. In verse 9, he says this, As the Father has loved me, I have loved you. Remain in my love. He's saying, rest securely in my love for you. He's talking about a relationship. He's talking about us making our home with Jesus. I remember back in 2014, I went to a conference uh, called Oxygen. Uh, We went to Oxygen this year. And one of the speakers uh, at that conference was a guy called Francis Chan. You've probably heard of him. And he was preaching on this passage. And he said just before this passage, he was on the phone to one of his friends, one of his friends who's a pastor in India. And the way he talked about this friend who was a pastor in India just sounded like he was a pretty incredible guy. Apparently, he's led... Um, about 3 million people to Christ or God's used him to lead about 3 million people to Christ. Apparently he plants on average 17 churches a day. Like He just sounds like he's just doing heaps and Francis Chan just says he's the most humble guy you'll ever meet. And he's on the phone to this guy and this guy is just weeping. He's just in tears because he's heard about a moral failure from a pastor in America. And Francis Chan, he's on the other end, and he just says, 
I know it, it is sad, but it's just reality. Like it's, it, it happens. But his pastor friend in India, he's, he's just in tears. He just can't hold it back. And he says this. He says, Francis, I talked to some of the pastors in your country and it just seems like some of them don't know Jesus. He says, some, they talk a lot about him, but I wish they knew him. It feels like when they talk about him, they're talking about an outsider rather than someone they have just been with. And he said, sometimes I just feel like there are some people in your country that settle for Moses, settle for a person when they don't realise they can go up the mountain themselves. He's saying that people don't realise that because we're in Christ, we have the Holy Spirit, we have His Word, we can actually know the living God for ourselves. And as he was saying that, I was convicted. I was like, yes, Chris, I can know God. I can be friends with Him. Because I think it's easy to, to let this slip. I want you to remember if you do follow Jesus when you first put your trust in Him and how passionately you loved Him and you do anything for Him but now it just seems like there are distractions, you're busy, things come up and it's, oh, man, do I, do I know Him? If that's you, I, I just want to give you a couple of practical things to take away and to do. The first thing about spending time with Christ is make a plan. We make plans for uni and work and for all these other things. Make a plan or an appointment to spend time with the living God. This was talked about last week with um, Chris Thompson from Moore College. Be intentional. Make a plan. But secondly, memorise scripture. This might seem like a funny one. Memorise verses. Because I think for me that's been really helpful as I go through the day. I can recall what God says to me and be encouraged and spurred on and strengthened. Soaking in it. Being transformed. See, Jesus says, remain in me, abide in me. Live with me. But then he goes on in my second point for tonight and he goes on and he says, for those that abide in me, you will bear fruit. Fruit that will last. Let me read again from verse 4. He says this, just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. On the vine, you're the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire and they're burned. Many people here know I'm not a gardener. I think that's, that's pretty obvious. You just need to look at our lawn and... Um, 
pretty self-explanatory. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. But I know enough that when a branch is connected to a tree, when a branch is connected to a vine, stuff's going to happen. It's just nature. And Jesus is saying, if you're connected to me, you'll bear fruit. If you're not, you won't. Just like a vine, it, it provides its branches with sap and nutrients, so Jesus does to us. And he produces fruit because it says here, apart from him, we can do nothing. Now I just want to say, to clarify, this doesn't mean that if we're in Christ, if we follow him, we can just sit in our hands and just go, oh, I'm in Christ, I'm going to bear fruit, I don't need to do anything. No, we need to participate. Other parts of Scripture says, no, 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 we need to strive and work, but we need to know that God's the one that brings the growth. God's the one that does it. He's the one that brings the fruit. So a good question to ask is, well, what is this fruit? He says, if we're in Christ, if we're remaining in Him, we're going to bear fruit. What is this? Well, Many people have said it's many different things and I think they're probably all right. Talking about making disciples. That if you're in Christ, you're going to be someone that makes disciples and that's what we're on about. You're going to be someone that advances the kingdom. But I think one key thing that Jesus himself highlights in this passage is that if you're in him, that the fruit will be love. Obeying his command to love. Loving in a real and a costly way. Loving like Jesus, who is the true vine. (coughs) Loving even when it hurts because he says, by your love they will know that you are my disciples. From this passage Jesus says, I want them to bear fruit. I really want them to bear fruit. And that's why he says at the start of the chapter, he talks about pruning. We're a vine and he wants us to bear fruit and that's why pruning is involved. That at times there is pain and hardship that doesn't make sense. Things are messy and things hurt. And I think one of the scariest prayers to pray is, oh God, prune me so that I can be more fruitful for you. But Jesus says that when God prunes us, it's actually good because it's preparing us for eternity and it's making us more fruitful, bringing God more glory. Let me read verse 17. You did not choose me, but I chose you. It's all God. I appointed you that you should go out and produce fruit and that your fruit should Remain. Same word. Abide. Last. This is what I command you. Love one another. I said at the start, I mentioned it a couple of times tonight, that Helen and I, we, we went and lived in the same spot. And it was great. It wasn't easy all the time. I mean, she had to put up with a lot I mean, she just realised how gross her new husband really was with 
pretty much everything. But it was hard at times, but also so much joy in living together, in being together. And Jesus says, for those who abide in him, those that bear fruit, they will experience that real and complete joy because they know him, because they're his friends. See, I don't know what you go to for pleasure, what you go to for delight. Maybe it's the next holiday. We book it in, we just want to experience those rolling waves and the sunset. We just, we just want that, we go for that, for pleasure. Maybe it's the next big event coming up. Maybe it's a new toy, a new joy, a new experience. Maybe just internet surfing. I don't know. Maybe we want our names to be great. We really want to make a dent and a splash so people recognise us. We want people to speak well of us. I, I don't know what you go to for pleasure. I don't know. But Jesus says this in verse 11. This is so sweet. He says, I've spoken these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. He offers complete joy, not something that's fleeting, not a chasing of the wind, but something that lasts. He offers friendship, both now and for eternity. That's what he offers. If you haven't accepted that friendship, well, chat to me afterwards. But if you have, I, I pray you realise what you've got what you've got. A real living friendship with the Son of God who died to bring you life. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word and I, I pray that as we think about life and we think about the hardships to come, I, I pray that we would live with you, we would truly abide in you and I pray that as we do, we would bear fruit for your glory. We'd be making disciples. We'd be caring about others. We'd be loving like you. And we know that it's for our joy as we get to enjoy friendship with you. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he saves us. He keeps us. It's all him. And I pray that we would enjoy friendship with him. And I pray all these things in his awesome name. Amen.